0: Hi, and welcome to the For Puck's Sake podcast. I'm Gabby, and today we're going
1: to be talking all about Shane Gosses Bear.
2: No. Not him.
1: <laughs> that's all no. the social media where pictures of Shane Gosses Bear, guys. I prepared
0: Shane Gosses Bear.
2: No, we're talking about actual ghosts here, Gabby.
0: No,
1: that's not fair. I want to talk yeah. for two hours about Shane Gosses Bear.
2: No, that was the joke. Get it? Haha, <laughs> funny.
1: Fuck you guys. i <laughs>
3: Pigeon. Make Maddie proud, make daddy proud!
0: Don't dye your hair.
2: It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Welcome to the episode of Spirits, Ghosts, and All Things That Go Bump in the Night.
0: Just a quick question, does any of us have the Ghostbusters on speed dial?
2: No, not unfortunately, no. I do have my cousin though.
0: Okay, that works. Do we have any exorcists on speed dial?
2: No, I don't know any of those.
0: Unfortunate,
1: okay. We can call Father Thomas. (laughs)
0: Uh, I love (laughs) you!
1: Buzzfeed Unsolved reference, y'all, in case y'all don't know.
0: Oh, I thought you- I thought you were talking about an actual character from Fox's The Exorcist TV show, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, that too.
2: Annie, would you like to tell us your wrong thoughts?
3: (laughs) Well, uh... Personally, the only ghost I believe in is the ghost of LA Kings playoff pass <laughs> because oh <my> God. <laughs> that shit's haunting me. We have, since winning the cup twice in three years, we have won one playoff game. <laughs> one. You're including doing great. a sweep to the Vegas Golden Knights which was fine, that was fine. I wasn't angry or bitter about that at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's really the only thing that's haunting me in life right now. The, the ghosts of what the LA Kings used to be. <laughs> They're all still there. They're just 35 years old and dead now. So, oh God. <laughs> I'm dead.
2: You have a team made of ghosts
3: yeah yeah we have a whole team of them all old and dead damn yeah, guys we might as well not even tell our bits because that's
0: the
1: scariest
3: thing out. There. <laughs> <laughs> whenever i look at dustin brown or dion faneuf's contract it it scares me it scares me guys even what about the,
1: that Jody contract
3: the kovalchuk contract scares me they they all scare me.
2: So, do you want to explain to us why you're here as the... Wait, what is <laughs> that, The word skeptic? Is that the word?
3: The, skeptic? Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> um, you no, know, I don't really know. But I think it's interesting, you know? I... Oh my god, What? what's the TV show? X-Files? I like X-Files, so... I want to believe. <laughs> <but> let's go. <laughs> Convince <laughs> me. okay
1: we're starting off pretty mild none of my experiences are crazy like alex or sarah's but uh still scary enough for me um most of the girls have actually heard the uh most of these stories from me so this isn't new to them but it's new to y'all and that's what matters <laughs> um so in the beginning i was like a little girl at my old house uh, before i moved to the house that i'm currently in And I saw one night an old lady on my ceiling. And I like apparently had a conversation with her because my mom asked me about it the next day. I said, yeah, there's an old lady on my ceiling. And she said, well, who was it? And I said, I don't know. I haven't seen her before. And later on, my mom shows me a picture of my grandmother who had passed away before I was born. And I said, Mommy, that was the lady that was on my ceiling.
2: That's so sweet.
1: Yeah, that's like the, the best story out of this lot. <laughs> that's like wholesome version.
2: I love that for you.
1: Yeah, she apparently wasn't a great lady though, so Oh
2: well <laughs> I was I was about to say rip. Like you know when people like like oh rip but like not in like the actual like recipes way, just like the joke way. And then I realized what this episode's
1: about <laughs> terrible <laughs> that could be our intro <laughs> um, <Alex being> stupid. <laughs> um well then you know i had like normal things happen, like <laughs> normal quote-unquote normal things like the usual uh footsteps you know tapping on my bed frame and whatever because my bed frame is metal um my room would get really cold for no reason um, you know, that normal stuff. And then we had a family move in with us and they uh, had spirits attached to them that they brought from other houses. <clears throat> That's allowed. Like,
3: so- you're allowed? You're allowed to do that?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stuffed we animals, anything. Any possessions or any like loved thing that a person had in their earth life, they can stick to in their wherever, afterlife, wherever they go.
1: Yeah, so they used to see this old Victorian family all the time, and it was really creepy. But we're not gonna talk about their experiences. We're here to talk about mine. Most Um, important. Yes. Um, So soon after they moved in, I started to see like shadow figures when I was alone. So I was upstairs showering one night and I saw like a black shadow, like close to the ground outside of like the shower door and I was like, that doesn't belong there. So I'd like double taked, and it was like gone. And that terrified me, but then it got worse because the footsteps and stuff escalated. So it wasn't just footsteps on my ceiling. It was footsteps on my wall. Oh. And on your wall? On my wall. What? Yeah, so they were like walking across. So I'm in. I'm in the room that I grew up in Uh, After I moved into this house, I moved into a room across the hall, and that's where the footsteps on the wall happened. Um, And it's also where I saw a woman in white, which was absolutely fucking terrifying because I woke up from a nap and I turned over and her back was to me and she looked wet. And I was like, I'm going to (laughs) die. And so I I turned back over and I was like, it's not there. And I went back to sleep. (laughs)
3: no that happened to me once but it was with my dog and i woke up with his face in my face and i had a heart attack and then he just lit me (laughs) what (laughs) not quite the same but it was still scary (laughs) oh my god
1: well then what, cause I, I, when I moved across the hall, I was rooming with another girl. Cause the, the room that we were in was re- really big, had a walk-in closet and its own vanity. It's super fancy. Um, so we, we lived in that room together and she told me that, you know, two months after they moved in, I had uh, started to sit up in my sleep in the middle of the night and start talking like, oh, complete shit. nonsense absolute nonsense like gibberish and then i would just lay back down i've never done that before that's i've amazing. shared my room i've shared my room with plenty of people i've had roommates in college they've never said anything like that to me it was just when this family of tear. that's crazy it was terrifying and then my last story is like my scariest story so y'all know um how uh dogs can like or animals in general can like pick up on spirits and stuff. Yes. Well, one ma'am. night I was, uh, I was in my kitchen. My brother was in the computer room, which is the next room over from the kitchen. And my parents were gone. Like everyone in the house, the family that lived there was still like there, but they were all out doing whatever. I was making myself dinner and it was like nine o'clock at night. Cause you know, I'm like 17 at the time. I eat whenever I want. <laughs> um but my back is to the doorway of the kitchen um when all of a sudden all three of my dogs at the exact same time start barking their heads off like losing their absolute minds and so at first I thought my parents were home but then I didn't hear the door open and I turned around and I saw like a white dog leg walk by so I was like oh so I have two yellow labs and so my dog Chelsea she's like super super white so I was like oh Chelsea must have just got out of her cage so I walked closer but i could see chelsea in her little crate bed and she was barking too and i was like what the fuck did i just see so i made my little brother get up and go around the corner i didn't tell him what was going on i just <laughs> said hey go check around the corner for you <laughs> <friend.">
3: that's terrible
1: <laughs> there was nothing there and where i saw the dog leg there was a a, a bin of dog food so
2: maybe it was hungry
1: maybe but that's terrifying
3: it's
1: scary
0: who who's talking next you are oh oh my god it's my turn i'm so excited okay so <laughs> i said it earlier but i don't know if we were recording but basically i grew up in louisiana my mother's side of the family is from east texas so basically the east texas louisiana and mississippi area is fucking cursed okay we have so much weird shit that goes that goes you know bump in the night here it's insane um So, I've got got several stories. I'll try to keep my long winded self sweet, short, to the point. Um, Okay. So, I had a step grandfather called Powfall. And when I was younger, he passed away uh, of lung cancer. The thing about Powfall is that he never wrote notes. In fact, the only, like, he never even signed business papers or whatever. My grandmother would write his signature on everything, she did all the paperwork. Um, So, he just, he wasn't a fan of writing, so he just didn't ever, not even sign his name. In fact, the only handwriting we still have left of his is old uh, markup books because he was a carpenter. So he would sketch out and do the math of whatever he was going to make in a little um, graph book. That's it. that's all we have left. When I was, I had to have been about six, couple uh, made me this beautiful, beautiful desk He all by hand just absolute gorgeous and he passed away I was in middle school so it was a couple years after that he passed away and I was real sad and I missed him for a long time and then I don't know one night I just I had this weird feeling of just you know when you just miss somebody and you just ache in your chest and there's nothing you can do I fell asleep just aching because I missed him so much and I, I dreamt that I was talking to him and uh, he, he was just same old And he he had this, he always, whenever he, he, ha, he had a secret that he couldn't tell you, but he wanted you to know, he'd get this weird grin on his face, like this mischievous look, and he would point at whatever he wanted you to do or go see. And he did this in my dream. He was smiling and he just had this look in his eye, this little twinkle, and he would point. And even though the desk wasn't there where we were in my dream, I knew that he wanted me to look at the desk. So the next day, I had this weird bug to clean my room, you know, spring cleaning kind of thing. And I decided to clean out all my dust drawers and wipe them out of the dust and stuff. So I took out the drawer and I knocked it over and I was dusting it out. And when I flipped it over to beat the bottom of it, it you know, quite some time after he died, I found that he had left me a note on the back of the drawer. Oh. I would never have known that. I would never have found it if I hadn't had that dream of him telling me to look. Um, vice versa, on my mother's side, things get really, really weird. Um, we, my great-grandfather, he married three times. Each of his wives, you know, they, it was back in the day, so, you know, they'd die of illness or age or whatever. Um, but my great-grandmother... When she passed away, she would hang her nightgown in the hallway closet. That's where she hung it every morning when she got dressed to go for the day. And that's where he would put up his work clothes when his day was over. So he called my, my mom and my mother to come clean it out because he just couldn't bear to look at her night, her night things anymore. It made him too sad. So they went to go clean it out. And as they took the nightgown, they placed it in their car. The car would not start. It just it would refuse to start, and they tried. And this time, there's no excuse for it to not have started. So they went round and round and round with it. Finally, they just gave up and put the nightgown back. And sure enough, the car started. Um, when I was little, we would go visit, and my brother he would sit out. Um, by all the different vehicles and he would talk to thin air. You know, typical little toddler stuff. You know, that creepy shit you see in all the movies where the family moves in and the wife is like, this is not normal. And the husband's like, don't worry, honey. It's an old house. It's settling. You know, it's that kind of bullshit. My brother would talk to thin air. Um, My mother was talking to my great-grandfather on his front porch and I was thirsty. So I asked if I could go get a drink of water and he said, sure. So I went inside and this was the first time I had ever been in the house Um, and next to the front door was a piano. And there was an old woman sitting at the piano, this old skinny woman sitting at the piano. And I asked her, I was like, which way is the kitchen? And so she smiled at me and I got my water. And when I came back, she was gone. Um, And I told them, I was like, who's that nice old lady in the living room? Sarah, there's nobody else here but us. Fair enough, I see a picture. It was grandma, great grandma. Uh... My mother's father passed away when she was 13, and he to this day still pops up whenever something is going wrong. He will make it known that he is around, and he takes care of you. So through each of my mother's pregnancies, he has come to her in some shape or form. And whenever he's around, you know he's around because you smell peppermint, deer meat, or coffee. Sometimes a mix of the three. And he just, you feel good when he's around. Um, I've seen him a, a couple times myself, but I think the two most recent times, I was driving home from work. It was real late. I was very tired. I wasn't paying no attention. I was listening to some heavy metal. You know the works where you've got left foot because the music's heavy, and you're like, yeah, buddy, I'm driving. Anyway, there's a dead man's curve on the way home, and I was, I was going way too fast. And I saw something in my rear view mirror and I looked, and there was a man in my backseat. And of course, you know, being a very tiny little girl, this scares the shit out of me because it's like midnight and there's a guy in the backseat. Hell no. So I stopped my brake and, you know, I like look over my shoulder and I'm like, wait, no, I'm driving. I can't do that. So I'm like looking in the rear view mirror again and he's gone. But the smell of peppermint and coffee was still there. And luckily, because I had slammed on my brakes, because he had scared me like that, I was able to take that curve without having an accident. He said, yeah. Sarah,
1: if you fuck up, I'm a your ass in your afterlife. Yeah, basically, <laughs> um, I
0: every now and then, I go down. I grew up on the Texas, Louisiana state line. And every now and then, I go down to visit my Louisiana side of the family and my best friend. And for a good couple of months now, my grandmother, my momma, she's been progressively getting sicker and sicker. And no matter where we took her, the doctors, they would reprimand us. They treated us like we were stupid for taking her in. They refused to like even look at her. They could just kept telling her, oh, your liver is something to do with your liver. You drank too much. No, she doesn't. It wasn't the liver. We've known that, but they wouldn't test her. She was getting worse, and it got to the point where we didn't know how much longer she had because we couldn't get a diagnosis. I went home to visit the family, and I had this weird feeling that I needed to visit my papa's grave. Just this, because, you know, he always shows up when we need him. If somebody is hurting or sick or, you know, in in a bad situation, he's always there. So I went and I visited his grave, and I sat with him, and I just, so many emotions. You know, I just, I cried, and I got angry, and I talked to him right there, like a crazy person in the middle of a cemetery. I talked to him and I told him, you know, you need to take care of her because it's her turn. Now you take care of her, you know, and a bunch of other personal stuff. But anyway, directly after that, my, my mother ended up having a dream where he came to her and he told her not to worry because it was all going to be okay. And then we finally got a diagnosis. She has stage four ovarian cancer. So, oh. It all came together. Uh, we finally got the answer on that one. Thanks, Pebble. but scary ghost stories. I. They, we grew up in a house when I still lived with my mother when I was very small. I'm I'm a child of divorced parents, and so you know I was ping pong week by week to different houses. And my mother had this little A-frame, and I slept up in the attic. We had two spirits in that house. One was a little boy who I don't know where we got the name, but we've always called him Noah. And the other one, I don't know. We've had a couple of stories with her, but the most recent, my mother was pregnant with my little sister. So this had to have been about 10 years ago or so, 10 or 11 years ago. And she was asleep. Now she was, this was towards the end of her pregnancy. So she was way too big to be able to reach where this happened. Um, no way ask a pregnant woman to touch her toes. I dare you. Um, But she was laying in bed, and she rolled over, and at her bedroom door was this angry-looking old woman. Angry-looking. And it scared her, and my stepfather at the time was not home. He was working at Oldfield. So she rolled over and tried to go back to sleep, and she had dozed off but woke up with this terrible pain going up her leg. And sure enough, she threw on the lights and threw up the covers, and from her ankle up to her knee was these, like, three, it looked like fingernail scratches going all the way up oh yeah um my That's dad's the you
1: need to move out
0: Yeah. where it gets real creepy and something i'm still dealing with is my dad's house you know i tell everybody my dad was not a nice man so most people when i talk try to talk about this they think it's a coping mechanism for the things that he did to my my sibling and i but to be honest there's something in that house because i'm a firm believer that when son, you know, something demonic or dark attaches itself. It can make your physical and mental health go down the toilet. And I can tell you, when I was little, my dad would have never, never hurt me or my brother. He was a good man. Well, maybe not a good man. He was actually very terrible. But through his children, he wouldn't have hurt us. But as we progressively got older, he left his faith to go to another one and things started to go very, very wrong. Like, you could walk into that house and you could feel that you were not alone um if you laid in the dark you would see things you would hear things um i've had so many terrible dreams there and it gets really personal but there's something in that house and it hurts you if you enter it it's just, ah it's a lot man it's a lot dark spirits you know. yeah I've got more, but I feel like I'm talking a lot.
2: (laughs) It's only 7.30. Uh, we, uh,
0: let's see. My cousin, when he was little, back to my papa, he, my papa was a fisherman because he had a heart, he had a heart disease, so he couldn't actually work. So he would fish, he would hunt, and that's what they would eat. My grandmother was working three jobs just to pay medical bills and trying to put her kids through school. Um, so, I mean, my family, we're poor, always have been. He, you know, obviously my generation never got to meet him. Cause again, he passed away when my mother was 13, but my cousin, when he was little, figured out how to catch worms from the dirt. And we asked him, you know, well, how did you know that? How do you, how did you know how to, you know, pour the bleach on there and get those worms? And he was like, Oh, Papa told me. Because of course, um, my baby sister, would sit we had a glass front door and she would front from the do- front door and she would talk to somebody and all she would say was you know there's a guy there and she would talk to him and it was, it was at that point we were very used to seeing that the kids in our family talked to nothing because we've had a lot of paranormal shit in our family so we were just like oh, okay it, it'll come around we'll we'll learn more about it later this will this will be back and sure enough it was because we had never told her who Papa was we had never shown her a picture but we were showing her my uncle's wedding photos and sure enough, she pointed straight at him and she was able to tell us who he was.
2: That's crazy.
0: Because of course, despite all this, I am still the idiot that will play with, um, paranormal stuff. I have, well, I didn't do it. It was my brother's idea, but we have fucked around with the Ouija board. We were at a, uh, a historical campsite, and he was like, you know what would be fun? Uh, yeah. We, we're worried. not.
1: We're Do, that, did, we have that. Any, did we have any reviewer or listener responses to our questions?
2: There weren't any on Instagram. I can tell you that for free.
1: <laughs> Doesn't look like there were any on Twitter either. We're a hockey podcast doing an episode on Ghosts. I know. Well, I mean, Alex apparently obviously has enough uh, stories to fill us for at least an hour. So, Oh, one more thing before I'm done.
0: And this isn't serious. This is actually a joke, but it kind of does pertain to hockey. So I work in a warehouse and I work the graveyard shift 12 to 8 in the morning and it's fucking terrible. But uh, one of the interesting things is that when I'm walking around, you know, doing security checks or I'm doing office work, we have weird things that happen to, you know, sensors will go off with nothing there. Doors will click, locks will turn stuff, weird stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, so I've started telling a joke to anybody, you know, when they, people start noticing weird things, they come to me because of course I'm the person who has to deal with it. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell them. So I've just started to tell them that that's the ghost of the of the, that old maintenance man that passed away. We've never had a maintenance man to pass away on the job, but that's what I tell them. Oh, you know, that's that old maintenance man. And they're like, what, who? And I'm like, being the Dewey by my am, the first name that came to mind was Gretzky. So I was like, "Oh, you know, Gretzky, the old maintenance man. He's a ghost now. He likes hanging out with me." <laughs> so and and like over the course I've been working the shift, that story has grown. So now he actually, uh, George Gretzky is the ghost of the maintenance man that used to work in our building, and he really he enjoys tofu, uh, long walks in the back of the warehouse, and he's scared of conveyor belts because that's how he died. <laughs> and that, that's what I tell people in the office <laughs> I wish I worked with you I'm a trip
2: <laughs> <laughs> So Annie, you got thoughts yet? Eh.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I don't know I'll Tell you what, come visit me and you can come hang out with me and my pep
3: Okay, sounds good. I want to come hang out.
0: Yeah, come on, come on. I'm living in Texas right now, just outside Dallas. Come find me. (laughs) Go to the Scars game, too.
3: Sounds like a plan. Hey, that's reserved for me.
0: Oh, well, get on up here. (laughs) Because I'm not going to H-Town. No offense, Taylor. I don't like There's no hockey in (laughs) H-Town. True. So, furthermore, <laughs> no reason for me to go. So you're gonna have to come see me.
1: Okay, Alex, your intro and then your stories. Ha
2: ha ha! Well, I have a list of things to go through. So,
1: our resident clairvoyant.
2: <laughs> Literally. Um, I guess I'll just start with my like first experience that I remember. Like, my mom is a. I mean, I'm not going to say she's a horrible mom, but she's just a very forgetful woman. And she has zero recollection of my childhood at all. So she can, like, tell stories for days about how my older sister brought ghosts into a house. Like, they passed a graveyard one night, and she saw a little girl, like, standing outside a graveyard, and then they followed her home. But she has no idea, like, if I talked to anything or did questionable things as a child. So the first thing that I remember is actually that sister's wedding. It was September 10th, 2011, which means I was 12 years old. And beautiful wedding. Everything went smoothly. And we got to the reception. Is that the after party called? Reception, right?
1: So,
0: no. All right cool
2: my terminology is great today um but it was I think it was cake time and so everyone was starting to like go to their seats and there were people standing on like the outskirts of like the dance floor but not on the dance floor or anywhere near the dance floor for that matter like out in the middle of the tables and I was standing at the wedding party table in like the Back behind the dance floor, and my mom and her two friends were standing at like the front corner of it. And she like caught my eye and she was like, Come here, come here, like waving me over to like come say hello or something. And I was like, Okay. And so I start walking across the dance floor. Now, this dance floor, it was pretty freaking big. And as soon as I stepped foot into the middle of the floor, I felt two taps on my shoulder. And, like, I looked at my mom for, like, a second and then I slowly, like, turned around because I was like, who is distracting me from walking across this dance floor looking great? Because, you know, 12-year-old me had a strut everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but, um, I need to not laugh at my own jokes. Okay, anywho. But, I like turned around and there was no one near me. And I had not realized yet that the only person on the dance floor was me because everyone else was at their tables and there was no one on, like I looked around Um... for a second and I was like, okay, whatever. I just wrote it off and went and talked to my mom's friend. But after the wedding and after everything was over, like that night and the, next, like, few days, and still, like, I think of things. I'm like, oh, yeah. But I remember turning around and, uh, like, like, thinking, like, there's no one in this room that could have even moved that fast to come tap me on the shoulder and get away. There was no footsteps on the dance floor. It was a wooden dance floor, so you could hear every step someone took on it. And... Like, I remember just the feeling of warmth on my shoulder, but not the texture that you get from skin-to-skin contact. And that's the very first thing I... uh, Like, my very first memorable experience. (sighs) The first of many more, as I like to call it. So, you know, after that what's the, oh, after my nephew was born, so I want to say less than a year later, it was probably springtime, and, like, I was babysitting him, and I had to go to the bathroom, and so I was like, okay, like, sit in the kitchen and play in these cupboards, because there was all, like, kid toys there, and, like, kids, like, cooking things, I don't know, so I was like, okay, like, sit here, like, you're I don't know, like, eight, nine months old. And I was absolutely terrified to leave him alone because we have a step that you have to take down into our living room. And I was, like, so scared that he was going to fall and, like, whatever. So I run, go to the bathroom quick. And as I'm coming around the corner, I see this black kind of tall figure sitting at the seat, like, my dad's seat at our kitchen table, just watching my nephew. And when it realized I was, like, staring at it, like, what the hell is this thing, it disappeared. And I called my mom after Landon left and went home, and my dad was not in earshot because my dad does not believe in these things at all. And um, she was like, well, Grandma was born, or born, yeah, that's what I meant to say grandma died there we go no not that either she was buried in there we go in this black dress this beautiful long black dress that they bought for some event that they had to go to but they never like she never made it to wear it to the event so they buried in it, her in it because she loved it so much and so that's what she appears in and every once in a while like i see her in my house, but only really, like, where, like, my dad's specific spots. Like, I'd always see her in his office, always see her standing or sitting on his designated chairs at our kitchen table and our dining room table, and I'm just like, you know, it'd be really funny uh, if I told him you were here, because he actually absolutely does not believe in this stuff, and she's just, like, sitting here watching over him good times uh what else did i have oh uh, the time i found out that i have a gift quote-unquote gift so i was watching i don't know like one of the ghost tv shows and there was this woman on there like explaining what like i don't know because there's different things like you can be a medium there's, I don't know, there's different, like, levels of things that people have, and she was explaining that she was a sensitive, which means you can basically feel energy changes, which that comes with the territory of ghosts and spirits, because they have a different energy level than we do, and, like, the hot and cold temperature things, and so then, like, as she was talking, I realized that everything she's saying, I've had experiences that I feel that same exact thing. Like, everything she's saying, I relate to. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, I know my sister is whatever she is, can see, hear, feel whatever these ghosts and spirits and stuff. And, like, it runs in families. So I'm like, oh, great. Hmm." So, yeah, it started to develop. And now I'm starting to actually fully instead of just feeling things i and like hearing things i feel i hear and now i can completely see people which leads me into my craziest most recent story that happened what was it i think i was texting in the group chat about it like two weeks ago maybe i don't remember But, basically, I was at my friend's house. It was me, my friend Megan, my friend Summer, and my friend Maggie. And it was, I don't know if I ever saw this, I don't know. It was at Megan's house. And Megan's little sister was home, too. And she's, like, 12, so she went to bed pretty early. And we eventually, like, like, around, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, ended up going to bed. But because her parents weren't home, Megan and Summer slept in her parents' bedroom, and Maggie and I went upstairs. We were the only two upstairs. Everyone else was on the ground floor, but we went upstairs and were sleeping in Megan's room. And as soon as I laid down and tried to get myself to like go to sleep, my heart started completely racing, like it never has before. And I kept, like, trying to switch positions, like, count my breathing, like, oh, maybe I'm just having a random anxiety attack, like, that happens. Like, just trying to calm myself down. So eventually, I was sleeping with my back. I was facing the open room, and my friend was next to the wall. So I was sleeping with my back turned towards her and my face facing the open room. And I had my head down on the pillow, and all of a sudden, I just, just start hearing music. And I lift my head up, and it stops. And then I put my head back down again, and it starts again. And I was like, what the hell? Like, it's, like, I know Gabby for a fact, Um, Megan's little sister, is not awake. Megan and Summer were both knocked out, because I went downstairs and went to the bathroom like five minutes before that and I just came back upstairs and I know neither of them would be playing music loud enough for me to hear upstairs and I was just like so confused about it so you know I wrote it off turned so I was facing Maggie in the wall and I hear you know the noise that like a plastic water bottle makes when you like crinkle it it was just one, like, sharp crinkle. Like, if you push like, one, like, your thumb into the water bottle, and goes, and like, clicks. And, or the other way I explain it is, if someone was to throw a pebble from the ground and hit the window, and it made that, like, ping of, like, a rock hitting glass. And I was like, what the hell? So, you know, I shifted positions again. And This time, I was like, okay, maybe I'll be able to sleep now. So I was on my back now. My eyes are closed. And all of a sudden, I start seeing this face going from a more male-masculine face then to a more, like, female-feminine face. And then it just keeps, like, transitioning and evolving. And finally, like, the end image was this, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was, like, a a very, like, devilish face. And I immediately, like, my eyes, like, flew open. I was, like, what the hell? Like, I started looking around the room, seeing if I could, like, see anything, if anything was there. And, of course, there was nothing. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to continue laying on my back. I'm just going to write it off. Like, I know, like, light surrounds me. Nothing dark can harm me. Like, I go through all the steps. Nothing, like, can harm me. I'm always in control. Whatever. And so the number one thing to do when you're feeling, like, a bad spirit trying to, like, get it to you is just, like, close your eyes, take yourself out of the situation for a second, and picture yourself from head to toe surrounded in white light, because obviously, like, dark spirits, ghosts, entities, whatever, are scared of the light, and so they don't, like, they'll immediately go away. They won't even try to communicate with you or anything. And... uh, So I was like, okay, whatever. I did, like, the whole light washing of my body thing, and I was like, okay, maybe now I'll be good. And so I'm still laying on my back, but instead of my head facing, like, straight up, my head is facing, like, the wall. And, I hate saying this. Um, I close my eyes, and there's not light coming into the room except for a little nightlight. That's in the kitchen. And so it's... I can barely see, like, six inches of where Megan's door was open. So I close my eyes again. And I realize I can still see her room in perfect, like, light, almost. Like, I can still see it, like, if my eyes were open. And so I open my eyes again. I kind of, like, look around. I'm like, that's weird. I didn't change positions. I'm still, like, f- like, on my back, head facing the wall completely. And I close my eyes again. Wait a few seconds to see if it fades out. If maybe it's, like, when you're watching a movie in the dark and you close your eyes and the image is, like, in your eyes for a second. So I close my eyes for a few seconds. And it's not fading at all. It's still perfectly, like, I have my eyes open. So I feel my eyes, I cover my eyes to make sure, like, oh, maybe my eyes are, like, half open and I don't realize it. And I hold them there for, like, a few seconds again, and I can still see her room perfectly. And so I take my hands away, wait another few seconds, and I'm like, what the fuck? And so I open my eyes, and for some reason, I don't know why, but my eyes were drawn Still, again, facing the wall, my eyes were drawn to like above me. So, like, I don't know, probably absurd, whatever. Um, but when I open my eyes, there's this white, gray mass of like this giant, and I could tell it's a man because that obviously comes with the territory of being Alex, of course, and like it's just like this huge man but he doesn't have any like completely defined features but for some reason i can i know what his face is like it's like a he had like santa clausish hair like a uh, longish goatee or something and it's all white and he looked angry and he was old like his entire face was wrinkled and even though like i didn't like completely see his face like, when my eyes were open, I know what it looks like.
1: Did yes. you see Hulk Hogan?
2: <laughs>
1: yes.
2: Oh, I wish. I can love Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but, um... After that, I, like... Like, my first reaction after, like, my heart stopped for a second was... Like, my arm, like, went out and I accidentally hit my friend and I was like, shit, shit, shit. Like, I don't want, like, anyone else to, like, be scared about this because I still haven't even told Megan. Because the more fear you present, the stronger it's going to become. And so, like, I haven't told her because I don't want her and her family to be scared and, like, really shitty things to start happening in their house. And so when I hit Maggie, I was like, shit, like, I don't want to wake her up. And, she, like, she, like, moved. Like, I could feel, like, I threw the blankets over my head. So I could, like, feel her, like, kind of, like, sit up, like, move her head. And I was, like, like to look at me. And I was, like, Max, are you awake? And she was, like, yeah. Like, you just woke me up. Why? And I was, like, I don't think I can stay here. I think I need to go home. And she was, like, she looked at me because all my friends know, like, I can see things. Like, I stare off in the distance at things all the time. And they're, like, can you stop? Like, I don't want to know there's a ghost around right now. And she was like, you saw something, didn't you? I was like, <laughs> I didn't really want to tell you, but yeah. And now that you're asking, yeah. And she was like, what happened? And I was like, well, I don't want to say it right here in case it comes back. Cause it's feeding off my energy. Like, I really don't want to do that. So I'll tell you once we're in the car, if you want to leave too. And she's like, well, yeah, like I'm not staying. Like if you're not staying a hell, no, I'm not staying in this room alone. And so we like, we walked downstairs and Megan, like, heard us, like, walking past her mom's, like, her parents' door, and she was, like, all like, what are you guys doing? And Maggie was, like, oh, Alex doesn't feel good, so we're, like, I'm gonna bring her home, and, because, like, we weren't asleep yet, (laughs) and she was, like, oh, like, okay, and uh, so, whoa, just moved of my chair, (laughs) that freaked me out for a second, um, so I get home, I can't, go to sleep at all like there's just something like in my brain that's just like don't go to sleep don't go to sleep like like i'm not letting you sleep and so finally like i was like okay i'm not gonna sleep until it's light outside until the sun fucking rises i'm not closing my eyes so <laughs> i think it, it was like 6:45 when i finally was like, okay, I can fall asleep now. And I woke up at like 7.15 to like a missed call from my mom because I texted her and I was like, you need to come pick me up. And then when I got home, I was like, you need to text Lisa. I need to talk to Lisa immediately. And a quick like cut in story here. Lisa's my cousin. She's a medium. She was actually originally asked to do the Long Island Medium show but she's not from Long Island, but she was originally asked to be her, and uh, she turned it down, because she doesn't want to profit off of something she was born with, and yeah, whatever. Um, so she calls me, and I tell her my story, and she's like, well, the music, she like, cuts in and tells, like, a little story that's very similar to... The music that i heard in mine and she was like well um that is a basically a soundtrack of these ghosts past life just constantly on repeat and only people like you and i can hear them and for some reason it just happens to be when a lot of people are laying down in bed like it sounded like there was a complete dinner party going on downstairs is what it sounded like. And she was like, so that was just like basically the track of one of probably like their best moments, maybe the night they died. Like, who knows? Like, it's just the track of their life repeating. And she was like, well, the house is definitely haunted and I'm very proud of you for doing the right thing and getting out of there. Because you would have, like, that's the number one thing. Like, when you feel something like that, like, you just can't stay there. Like, you have to leave. And she was like, I'm very proud of you. And I felt very validated. And then... Oh, wait, actually, when at 6.45, when I laid down to take, like, my sleep, um, I was lying there, and I was half asleep. And... Uh, I hear this noise, like, you know when someone, like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, like, when a dog's, like, when a dog eats something and they, like, lick their, like, face, they're like, I don't know if you could hear that noise at all, but, like, they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, but it was, like, a noise of, like, someone, like, licking their lips, but, like, loudly, like, I, I don't know, and for some reason, like, I got another, like, visual of a devil like face above me and doing that and immediately I just like spring up and I'm just like no no this is not happening today like no thank you and yeah yeah that was the worst experience of my life scary shit yeah I could go on for hours about this stuff. I have so many things to, like, say. Like, I swear to God, every time I, like, tell one story, like, another story just comes flooding back to me, and I'm just like, ooh, that's a good one. Also, oh my God, we should have a fun fact about Alex show. Um, so, with this... Uh, quote unquote gift that I come equipped with for nineteen ninety nine a month. Um I'm sorry. Um, the, um I okay, so earlier I said like it's been developing a lot and so I've noticed that when people are talking about things that have to do with whatever's on the other side, whatever, wherever you go, like, spirits, ghosts, anything, if they're talking about something and they're lying, I can tell because my- the spirits that are constantly swarming around me, like, if someone's telling the truth about- something i get what we call our spirit sense spirit tingle whatever and everyone gets it in like different parts of their body or whatever and mine's like the back of my neck up to the base of my head and it just erupts with tingles and if it's like really bad my entire body erupts with that and it's kind of like not even when people are lying i get that when There's because obviously, like, they're just always keeping me safe and whatnot. And so, I get that when I'm driving at night and there's going to be deer on the road. We were just driving back from Toronto and it was probably 11 o'clock at night, and we were going around a bend like, just the first part of the bend. And I looked to my friend, Megan, again and I was like, Meg, slow down. There's going to be like deer up here. And sure enough, like, we go around the corner, and there were three baby deer, and one, like, zoomed across the road. And she looked at me, and she's like, okay, spidey senses. But yeah, for some reason, I get them when there's deer on the road now. I... There's something else. Something else really important. Lying? Or, like, telling the truth about spirits and ghosts, stories and stuff. Deer... There's something actually, like, really important. Oh! (laughs) So I can be in the car, in the passenger seat, or wherever in the car, just not driving, clearly, looking down, scrolling through my phone, and my body just erupts with not the same sense that I get with, like, the deer and the truth-lie detector, but it's, like, a weird... Like, I can't even, like explaining like it's cold and hot and tingly and everything all at once. And it's just a lot of like, like something's passing through me. And I just like, will randomly say when I in the car, when I'm not even looking out the windows and I don't even know where we are, we can just be on a random road. Like it happened again. Like when we were driving back from Toronto and I just say, we're passing a graveyard right now or a cemetery whatever and my friends always are like how the hell would you know that you weren't even looking out the window you were on twitter like how would you know that It's a great time (laughs) yeah so that's fun that's that's a fun aspect of my life i can tell when there's gonna be deer on the road
3: The only thing that happens to me when I'm in the car is car sickness, which is less fun because it feels like I'm going to vomit.
2: Oh, I get so car sick. It's not even funny. (sighs) I think that's scarier than ghosts.
3: Yeah, I was once coming back from a field trip. So I was in a bus. Going down a mountain, feeling like I was going to puke, and I had to listen to a couple of white guys talk about their opinions on socialism versus capitalism, and <sighs> I almost threatened to puke on them. <laughs> I wish I did.
0: Mm-hmm. Your good, I see.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't know how to close this out.
2: I can tell my little spiel oh yes so again with bringing up toronto we were playing a game in the car and it was like a question like someone asked a question and then everyone in the car had to go around and give their answer and my friend summer was like what's the most like scary as in like spirits ghost like what's like your craziest or most like memorable experience and so we were talking telling all of our stories a lot that most of them that I was there for because I am beacon and every, like every ghost and spirits attracted to me <sighs> um and my friend Sky was just like can we talk about something later like something happy or whatever and I was like well like it's not. Bad. Like, if, like, (sighs) everything on the other side ends with happiness. There's nothing, like, you're always in control as long as you're a happy person and, like, you're, like, giving off, like, good and, like, positive and whatever vibes and whatnot. Nothing bad can hurt you. It's only when you're, like, not, like, I don't even know how to word this or how I did word this. But when you're, like, a bad person or invite bad things into your life willingly, that's when bad things, like, bad ghosts start to come to you. And, like, anyone can move them on to the other side. All you have to know is, like, you can look it up. Like, all you have to know is, like, the right things to say. Like, like, you need to move on. Like, you need to go to the light. And, like, it usually works or they leave you alone. And, like, I was just, the most important thing is just always to remember that everything ends with happiness. Because once you hit, like, once you transition from ghost to spirit, everything's happy. You can be whatever you want to be on the other side. And, like, when you're on that other side from, when you're a spirit and not a ghost, when you're a ghost, like, you're just stuck here. And spirits, like, they move on, and then they can come visit, send signs, whatever. And so, like, all hauntings are ghosts. And spirits are the good, like, you feel comforted, you feel good when a spirit visits you because up there like you have your own little like spirit groups like everyone that you're connected with and like your family like everyone has like a spirit connection from a past life and so ev- like you always know everyone everyone that you end up with for the rest of your life is you like your spirit usually knows them and uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, so when you go, like, after you pass away and you go and be a spirit, you can, you're you're your best self. You can be doing whatever you want to do. Like, I know when my grandfather comes as a spirit, he's back in his 20s just living his life like how he how he used to because there's no pain there's no sick there's sickness words there's no pain there's no sickness like there's no unhappiness on whatever that other side is so yeah everything ends with happiness
3: and love <laughs>